not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Right, nearly half time pal, your turn to get a ground round in, off you go No, you get this one in mate because I've got the beer sorted for later What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one, you know that's not how the ground round works Listen here bud how does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN. To get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five, that's www.beer52.com forward slash vftn. Sound pie with a pint, then? You know I never say no to a pie. Tom, there, counting me in. Uh, welcome back to another episode of View from the Indian. Ben Price has just got up out of his chair. Conkalypse <laughs> is laughing. Um, it's the playoffs. Um, who who would have thunk it? Cardiff City, playoff champions. Oh, no, sorry. Playoff entries in the 2019-2020 season. Uh, I'm joined once again by Ben Price, Tom Phillips. How are we doing, boys? I'm very well, mate. Couldn't be better. Fantastic. Couldn't be better. So how, how, how were your nerves last night? Let's go with you first, Tom. Well, we're only allowed to be nervous for about 20 minutes. And then it was just kind of... Well, it just went to script for us. It seemed to be the only game that wasn't mental in the whole league. So, yeah, it was a calm night, really. And a calm night for you, Ben? I was a bit nervous before kickoff, and then as soon as the whistle went to kickoff, I suddenly felt calm. I just felt like we were just looking... So- the team helped. I think yeah. including Marlon Pack was a stroke of genius and just made me relax more than even if it made anyone else nervous. It Marlon, was just, yeah. Marlon makes you relax. Is that is that your new catchphrase, Ben? It is. Yeah, I'm going to get on a T-shirt. Put pop it on a t-shirt. We'll sell them on a view from Ninian web store. Um, Marlon, before Marlon we says relax, <laughs> I like it actually. Before we get into the the whole game itself, because obviously we we could talk to the the Cardiff side of things. I think it's just it was one of the most mad nights in Championship history, wasn't it, Ben? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. We had me and the missus sat there, iPad with uh, Soccer Saturday going, then stream, then on the TV at the Cardiff game, just keeping track of everything. I think I paid in the end. I was end up paying more attention to the iPad than I was the Cardiff game because the second half weren't great and then everything seemed to be going mental on Soccer Saturday so I was just watching I just couldn't take my eyes off it was amazing yeah I think you're right our game petered out a little bit in the second half when obviously it was out of reach of Hull we were we were comfortable in, in possession but um, yeah I, I mean Tom what did you make of, of, of Swansea sneaking in and the whole Nottingham Forest debacle I've got a winners and losers list here so the winners from last night Swansea, Barnsley, Luton losers Forest, Brentford, Charlton, Wigan I mean Bit unfair on Wigan, but how funny was it watching Forest fail? 
Well, yeah, it would have been great if it wasn't Swansea capitalising from it. But like at first, you were like you kind of rooting them to like balls it up because you love seeing it. And then it just started setting in, going, "Oh no, it's going to be Swansea who finish sixth. And yeah. the enjoyment just got just drained out of it. But like, yeah, any other team, and you, you would have just been running around going mental because you just don't. It was one all in both games with twenty five minutes to go, and they both yeah. ended four one. How does that happen? If you wrote it down, you're just going to too bizarre. You can't have that as a script for anything. Just yeah, silly. I don't. They wouldn't have included that in Dream Team, would they? And Dream Team was the king of the uh, the, the ridiculous storylines. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Harchester United would have gone. That's a bit too far fetched. <laughs> Uh, ben, what's your, what's your view on Swansea getting into the playoffs? I said to my mate for a laugh, I kind of want them to do it because I like, because like you boys said, I like seeing the team fuck up. And then as soon as it started happening, I was still like, oh no, what have I said? What have I done? What have I done? <laughs> what have I committed to? Because this is setting up the scenario for my, like, I've had genuinely had nightmares where Swansea beat us in the playoff final before. At least we won't be there. Yeah, that's true. But this does, whole thing. Does that play into your thinking then, Ben? If we, if we can't be at the game, does that make it slightly? Would that make it slightly better if they did beat us in the final? No, no, <laughs> no. What's a one-word answer? Tom, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, doesn't make it any better. And well, I was planning on going home for a couple of months, back to West Wales, and there's not a chance I'll be going back if Swansea win the playoff final against us. I don't want to see my win. family again. Oh, if Cardiff win, I might move back permanently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it really is that that important, but you know we got, both teams got to get there first, and if the form books go their way, neither of us will. So we'll, well see. Be- before we look forward, let's look back to Hull. Um, obviously, it was uh, a game we needed a point from to get into the you know secure our playoff place. I think in reality, I think for for a lot of Cardiff fans who would have been nervous before the game, it, it transpired into a, an easy night at the office for, for the, the Cardiff team. Ben, let's let's come to you first. I think one of the, the interesting things, obviously, was that um, I think Lee Tomlin played the full 90 minutes or as close to the full 90 minutes. I, I must admit, I didn't pay attention to the last 10 minutes, but he was still on the pitch when I last checked. Do you think, is that, do you think that's Harris getting him ready for the playoffs, to have an enhanced role in the playoffs? We've seen him coming in and out of the team. It's been a big feature of the post-lockdown games. Are you, are you expecting him to start each playoff game now? Um, I'm expecting him to start the home game. Um, then you sort of look at the team based on the scenario for the second game, don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, if we've got a 2-0 win, do you really need to be, play- do you really need to be playing Tomlin? Um, if it's Which tight... Then- eight at the back. Yeah. Just Sol Bamba everywhere. Um, or if it's tight, then Tomlin plays. Um, I think Tomlin playing was a huge step towards his his own personal fitness and pro- proving that he is fully fit and can last ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was I think it was just the next step. I just think it happened to form the last game, and a team like Hull, who let's face it, were dead and buried, sort of didn't put up much of a fight. It was the perfect game to sort of give him a prolonged time on there. Did that shock you that they put up didn't put up that much of a fight then, or, or was it expected nah. really? They were seven 0 down at half time against Wigan. <laughs> it's true they were. It was just but- nothing. You can see why they went down. They were piss poor, and I don't, I don't like hammering people, like hammering clubs like that, because there's clearly deep, like horrible issues going on in that club, and the club's in a hell of a state. And I genuinely worry for their future. But the players had no fight, and the players looked like they didn't care. They knew they were down. They knew there was nothing they could do. They just wanted the season to be over and not humiliate them. And Cardiff just played, played their game, got the job done, and looked ahead to the playoffs and just sort of kept it nice and simple. And- and 
Tom, we, we talked about uh, Marlon Pack there at the, at the early start. I'm just looking at the stats. 53 out of 56 passes complete by Marlon Pack. Um, it's interesting now, isn't it? We've got a lot of options in that midfield. You know, if, if Fox isn't playing, Pack has, has come in, in in lockdown games and done really well. Is is that something that excites you going into the playoffs, that we do just have genuine options in the middle of the park? Definitely. You can see how we can just rotate depending on what our game plan is. It's like if you, you put Tomlin in, you know that if you play two midfielders with him, they'll do enough running to cover the top, the ground that Tomlin doesn't cover. If you put yeah. the three the three workhorses in, then they're just going to work for everything. We can we can shut up shop and try and just bully in the middle of midfield. And it feels like Harris in this little mini season, we've kind of tested every kind of scenario. We've beaten the big boys like Leeds. We've beaten we've beaten the rivals around us like Preston, Derby, um, Bristol. And then we've kind of seen off the plucky strugglers like Hull and Middlesbrough. And yeah. it's kind of like we've adapted. For, well, yeah, we've had a couple of losses, but we've adapted our team, and especially in the middle of the midfield, to whatever team we're playing. And it's worked, and it's been great to watch. So, like, um, whatever Harris decides going into these playoffs, I, I, you know, I, I feel like we'll have it covered. And another player who put in a great performance again, Ben, and it's been it's been mentioned a few times, Sean Morrison. I think he he topped the clearances in the game with six. Um, I think he had the most tackles potentially and the most blocks. Um, just how key has he been since the lockdown? I think he's to, to us. We've talked about it a few times. He's grown in stature, hasn't he? He seems to even uh, up he's his just, game even more. Just he's been fantastic, and he's had a couple of moments where he sort of questioned. Well, he's not questioned, but he's had a couple of off moments. But for the most part, being absolutely brilliant. The last two games, especially proper leader on the pitch um, just did everything that you need from a captain and a centre-back and then chips in with a massive goal as well at a time where sort of he's not scored that many like you normally sort of expect Morrison to get five or six in a season and I think he only had three until uh, last night so it's nice to see him sort of get a big goal in a big game and he loves scoring against Hull and Leeds doesn't he? He does score, yeah. He's got he's got four goals of the season and he's come up with two big ones right at the end so it's important. I mean Aidan Flint who hasn't played in about I don't know, 12 months or something, has still got one more goal than Sean Morrison. So it is nice to see the defence uh, packing in with goals. And I think it, it, someone asked the question on Twitter, I'm jumping ahead of us slightly, that um, Lee Spear asked, is Morrison the best centre-back we've had at the club? Another vintage display, not just his goal, but his tapping and blocking again, proving to be huge. And I'll come to you first, Ben, because you know, I asked you the original Sean Morrison question. Do you see him as one of the best centre-backs, if not the best centre-back we've had at the club, or has he still got some way to go? I think he's got a bit of a way to go. You sort of look at a player like Bruno Manga and the mm-hmm. quality there. Um, but I think there's a difference between the being the best centre-back we've had and a legendary centre-back. And I think he's well on his way to becoming one of those. Sort of in recent times, we've had quite a few. We sort of had Hudson, uh, mm-hmm. Ben Turner, Roger Johnson. Um, he's getting his... Se- he- sexy Glenn Leuvens. Old Glenn Leuvens, yeah, I forgot about him. How did I forget about Glenn? And sort of you sort of see those players come... He's definitely fallen into that category and becoming a really, really sort of cult icon at the City Club. Tom, do you agree? I, I can't comment more than the last 10, 15 years, to be honest, about Cardiff defenders anyway. So I can't say if he's been the best we've had at the club. But like, it, it, like those recent runs you mentioned, definitely. I think people underestimate the impact Hudson had when he was here because he got a bit of stick when he was playing. But I, I don't think a, uh, like a defender started to warm to fans as much as Morrison has recently, because because no. people wouldn't take him at one point, which seems no, to be I was the say story that. of our centre backs. Like it, t- it takes a bit to kind of win our fans over, but because he's a bit of a character off the pitch as well, that really helps. 
It was the like, same with Hudson, though, um, yeah. at the start, wasn't it? I th- the similarities between Hudson and Morrison um, yeah. really are crazy as the way of sort of the way their careers have gone. Obviously, I think Mor- Morrison's been at the club a bit longer now, but both of them weren't exactly the most popular choices when they came in. Uh, questions were asked and they took the armband and they both went on to prove fans completely wrong and do amazing and become sort of heroes at the club. Yeah, I think well, Mrs. Morrison's, what, sixth year? Because he signed in 2014. Um, you know, and, and as much as we criticise um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he was able to sign two good centre-halves in Sean Morrison and, and Manga. Um, I think, you know, I think with with someone like Moz, I think the early years were kind of peppered by the fact that we were in the red kit. The It was a mess under Solskjaer. It was a bit of a mess under Slade. But he obviously started coming into his own under Trollope and then Warnock, he, he became a key figure. So, you know, I, I, is he one of the best centre-backs he's ever had? I, I think he's probably... You know, he might be pushing for the top five. Um, I mean, who would be your top five? Let's go to you first, Ben. I didn't didn't think I'd ask this. Oh, Christ, you caught me off guard. Uh, I've got a real soft spot for Mark Hudson. Hudson's my number one. Uh, Roger Johnson to get another one. Uh, ben Turner. Love Bruno. And it's between um, Bamber and Morrison, I think. I'm going to have to go Bamber just for the character, though, because just that bloke's smile... Rude. We were talking about Morrison, but that's okay. And Tom? Or well, a top five. Yeah. Um, again, I'll have to put Hudson in there because he's the only player I've ever got on the back of my shirt. Um, okay. Because the fans behind me hated him. So I thought, <laughs> why not put him on my shirt just to really wind them up when they're looking forward. Um, but I think, yeah, Hudson Morrison would be my top two like from my generation. I think I loved Roger Johnson because he, kind of, he was there at that time when I was really getting into football as well. Um, I love Darren Pearce as well. I wouldn't say Darren Pearce. Uh, yeah, I love him then. But I, I, I don't think he screamed quality, but again, he was just a character and a bit of a nutter. And then, yeah, Leuven to me as well. It's Maybe interesting because cause when, when Lee posed the question, he mentioned obviously people like Danny Gabadon, James Collins, and they, you know, they were quality defenders, but he, he, he caveated they probably weren't at their best when they were with us. But yeah. even so, Gabadon is probably one of the, the most natural, naturally gifted and silky centre-halves I've ever seen, even at League Two, League, you know, League, Two, League One level when he, when he started with us. I was a bit young for it then, though. You sort of, you don't really appreciate the centre-backs and what they do as much at sort of 12. You're just like, yeah, you're just like Robert Earnshaw. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> it, yeah. No, it's fair enough, I suppose. And I mean, talking of strikers, I think we, we watched the game last night and I think um, Robert Glatzel had a, another stellar performance up front and I think he's he's really come 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 on leaps and bounds during the, the lockdown games, hasn't he, Tom? Yeah, I think he's doing he's doing the bits that he was getting criticism for before. He's putting himself about. I feel like he's now getting into that physical nature of the league that Harris was alluding to, saying, you know, that's the bits he needed to improve on. Improve on. And yeah, it's that work off the ball. And but he gets himself into positions. He had a couple of chances early on, mm-hmm. um, and possibly should have scored. But yeah, like he's turning into that striker that we we hoped he would. And I think he could push on for us. He could be key. And I, I'd hate to see him leave now, to be honest. Well, I hope, let's hope that doesn't happen. I think he's kind of settled in now. And yeah. another striker who came off the bench and, and did well again was Danny Ward. Then, and I think there's there's clamour for people to like to start Danny Ward. Would you would you be tempted to try him in the playoffs, or would you just be happy uh, to keep it as it is? I really like Danny Ward off the bench. I think he's that's his perfect role. Um, Glatzel has just been too good to drop. And I mm-hmm. think one thing that a lot of fans haven't appreciated enough is how good his swearings come on this season. 
um, absolutely fucking hammered the referee a couple of times. I had to check that you said swearing then. I was a bit like, excuse me? (laughs) In in perfect English, hammered the referee uh, for a dodgy decision that I don't think fans appreciate enough how quickly that's developed. But um, on Danny Ward, I just think he's better off the bench, isn't he? He's sort of a real nice option to come off the bench, but I don't think he's any more than that. It's when he plays at his best for us anyway. It's mo- yeah. most to come off the bench. He sort of fades out of games if he starts. I think there was a stat this week that we, we've got the, the highest goals off the bench of any team in Europe, apart from Atalanta in um, Italy. And I think Danny Ward has got the second most goals off the bench in the championship as, a, as an individual. So it's almost like a match made in heaven. We like scoring goals off the bench and we've got a player who likes doing it. So, and yeah, I think you're right. I think keep it as it is really going into, especially, you know, the, the home leg. I think we just keep that team as it was and, and go from there. Um, and, and Tom, to round off the kind of whole, whole roundup, uh, looking at the stats from, from the whole game, I think we attempted uh, almost 414 passes. We completed around 80% of those passes. We were dominating the possession ever so slightly again with a, the cursed ratio of 52-48%. It's a new dimension, isn't it? There's a new dimension to this team now. Yeah, it's like one of our many dimensions now. Is I think it's the same thing as I said earlier on about us adapting our game plan. If it's a game that we feel that we do better with possession, we're now starting to do it. And I think as good as Warnock was with us, that's the one thing we didn't kind of have that mm-hmm. plan B, did we? Like we we had that one way of playing, and if it didn't work, it didn't work. When now it's taken a bit of time. Like we had a lot of draws early on, but I think this is. We, that's why that break and then this little mini season has really benefited us because it's given Harris time to bed in these like plan B, plan C, these different dimensions of keeping the ball when we need to or sitting back and breaking if it suits that team. And yeah, it's really coming to fruition now. It's funny because I don't know, I think I mentioned it maybe last week on the pod. I asked Neil Harris during that first press conference after the lockdown, I said, are you going to be impressing any new ideas on this team? And he was very much like, nope, no new ideas. We're just going to kind of work on what we were doing before. But it does feel like the team has evolved ever so slightly. And it's, like you say, we've got that new, just a new edge to us. And we're, we've got a genuine plan A, a genuine plan B, and even sometimes a plan C. Yeah. Right, let's, sorry, Ben, I didn't realise. Oh, I was going to say, um, yeah. You I were on mute, mate. I, I know, and I started talking without realising I was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't actually think it's been a, uh, there's actually been new things but in I think it's been something the club have been working on for a while you could see early on when people sort of get a bit critical of the way we were playing that we were trying to pass more the players just weren't used to mm. doing it and I think it's just really has just fallen all together and the pieces all come together at the exact right time I don't think there's been anything too different in the way Harris has worked it's been the same style of play it's just all come together in a nice bow at the perfect time Wow you just pissed all over my parade didn't you um, anyway <laughs> And it all has come together at, at the right time and we're heading towards the playoffs. Um, a mad night of football saw Cardiff end in fifth. Um, you know, I think most fans are expecting a, that kind of the table to stay almost the same. We finish in sixth and we play either one of Brentford or West Brom. And, and in reality, we moved up to fifth and we play Fulham. Um, did you, uh, coming to both of you on this, I'll go to you, Tom, first. At the start of lockdown in this mini-season, did you envisage a, the playoffs, or B, even finishing as high as fifth in the table? I was like quietly confident that we might sneak into the playoffs. I, I, I didn't expect it. I thought we might be in with a shout. The thing that surprised me is that we kind of got points on the board early, and then we didn't kind of look back. We, had a, we put enough points on the board that we could have a little blip, but it was mm-hmm. still in our hands, and that's what yeah. I didn't see come in. I thought we might be in the position that 
like Swansea were in last night, where we were playing catch-up, we might sneak in that way, or we might just miss, miss out on Seber. But, yeah, it's been in our hands, and it's been comfortable. And the last two games, we've really seen them out in a, a really mature way that I didn't expect us to do. And it's been a, like, a pleasure to watch. And I think that's why I'm optimistic going into this next period now, because we're seeing out games, we're, play, we're, we're executing game plans. We're not, like, grinding stuff. We're, we're, <laughs> We're like a real football team. I know it's weird, but you know what I mean, though. It, it seems to be like we added a bit of like it's not just being plucky anymore. We're like executing things the way we should and playing good football while we're doing it. So, yeah, I expect us to be there or thereabouts, but the nature of it, I didn't expect at all. And and coming to you, Ben. Obviously, we ended fifth. I think you know finishing sixth with a seamless player team who kind of dropped out of that top two but instead we're playing Fulham who have kind of been in that kind of uh, top four for, for most of the season would you have liked to have played a team who dropped out of the top two to kind of take advantage or uh, you know have have a have an opportunity to take advantage of that perceived hangover or, or does it matter at this stage I don't think it really matters um I don't think Fulham or Brentford finished the season particularly strongly Brentford lost mm-hmm. their last two Fulham two draws I think yeah, Fulham are sixth in. So I've got the form table open, and, and Cardiff are third in the um, the post lockdown form table, and Fulham are sixth. So it doesn't really matter, does it? You sort of you know you're coming up against two good sides, two sides that play very similar styles. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way sick uh, finishing sixth in preferable would have been um, if West Brom had dropped into third, because I think whoever yeah, I, if they had fallen into third, there was no way they were getting to the playoff final. Um, what I will say is though. You asked Tom if he predicted if he could have predicted anyone finishing fifth. First podcast back, um, I think I, I did predict fifth. That's I was hoping you'd say that actually, because um, <laughs> those are honestly, and I think I, I, you know, we might repeat ourselves sometimes, but those podcasts do feel a long way away. But obviously, someone's been keeping a, keeping receipts, and that man is Ben Price. Only on the stuff I was right about. <laughs> the hundreds and hundreds of things I was wrong about. Forget then the one thing I was right about. <laughs> Remember that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you got to remember that. And I suppose it, it comes to the question, right? If we finish sixth, fifth, fourth, or third, you know, we, we talk about form teams, we look at teams dropping out of the top two, and I'll come to you on this one first, Ben. Do you, are the playoffs really a lottery, or do the, does the best team always tend to, to kind of come out on top? I don't think. You sort of look at the year we lost to Blackpool. Um, Blackpool weren't the best team in the league that year. They just had the best run at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, form going into it's massive, but it's also who can sort of hold their bottle as well when it comes to the final. It is just mm-hmm. a bit of a lottery. A couple of injuries could go wrong, one mistake. They're going to be tight games. Um, it's just, yeah, it is now into the lottery. I mean, if you look at the, I think if you look at the last winners, I think Villa last year were probably the favourites. Fulham were favourites the year before. But then you look at Huddersfield and Huddersfield and Hull from the years before. I think Huddersfield went up with a minus goal difference. Um, QPR, when they won in 2014, they were the worst team, obviously, in that final. I think they only had one shot on goal in the 90th minute. That was a bad um, It was a really bad final. You take it back to Swansea when they beat Reading and obviously Blackpool before that. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's open, isn't it, Tom? Yeah, it's definitely open. And I think the one thing that might benefit us as well is that, that losing that game to Fulham earlier in, like was it the 10th of July, I think we learn more from that game losing it than they did from beating us. And I think that might work in our favour. And I think it's key for us playing at home first. I think like trying, just get at them, get amongst them, make them feel uncomfortable and try and get any advantage or even, I think even a draw from that first game really piles on the pressure because they've got the budget, they've got the players that should be playing in the Premier League, not us. 
And I think this is where pressure might take its toll. And like we said, we've, re- we've re- rotated our team and stuff recently and we, we can adapt our game plan. And the, the onus is on them to go out and win this. And, and that's why I'm quite confident going into this, which is rare for me. Do you think the, the fact that we're playing Monday and Thursday rather than Sunday, Wednesday is going to be an important factor, Tom? I think it could be crucial for like the likes of Tomlin. Like it's, it's a relatively big gap for what we've seen recently with how quick the games mm-hmm. have come. And we've got to remember as well, our centre of our partnership just haven't had a rest at all. So I think like that extra day, I, I don't think we can, I think it's going to be more important than we think. Obviously, Fulham get it as well. But I think for us, it's key because we need, we need that little bit of extra rest. Because Morrison did look knackered in a couple of games, especially in the middle of that nine games. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I'd much rather go and watch the second leg on a Thursday night than a Wednesday night as well. So that's ideal for me. Well, it feels better getting drunk on a Thursday, doesn't it? Yeah, it's more acceptable, I think. It is far more acceptable. Um, and and Ben, I think I, I spoke to a Fulham fan earlier for for the Fulhamish podcast. We're going to get them on for the next episode ourselves. And and he said something quite interesting that obviously when we went up in originally a couple of years ago, Cardiff were this hoofball side, Fulham were this fantastic passing side, and we've kind of come across and met in the middle. And um, where, where do you see this game being won and lost? It, it almost does feel like we're, we're almost cancelling each other out at this stage. I think it's simple. With Fulham, to beat Fulham, all you've got to do is keep Mitrovic quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got some good quality players elsewhere, but for the most part, if you can keep Mitrovic quiet and frustrate him, um, Fulham tend to sort of crumble a bit and sort of don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's quiet, then I fancy us. And this, at the moment, I fancy us. I fancy Morrison and Nelson over Mitrovic. I'm... I wouldn't say I'm confident, but I'm comfortable. I'm not like, mm. oh shit, it's Fulham. Um, they're still a really good side. Let's not forget that. They still have absolute quality and spent an absolute fortune on players that are really, really good for this level. They're mm. going to be the favourites. If you look at Sky Sports today, they, they, didn't, they barely mentioned Cardiff in the playoffs. They barely mentioned the Jacks in the playoff. As far as they're concerned, it's a two-horse it's race. Far, play. It, it's Brentford. It's far West finals. London, isn't it? Yeah. So we've got, no, we've got nothing to lose. And I think that's when we sort of play at our best under this squad. And, and Tom, you, you, you like being the underdog, don't you? Would you, would you? Are you happy with that, that we're being ignored again? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, and I think even Swansea sneaking in the way they did puts more attention on them rather than us as well. Yeah. Like we've been that comfortable team for a bit now. So we're, we're not the ones who've missed out on automatic. We're not part of the narrative of knocking Forrest out. Like, that's all Swansea. So... Just let us get on with our business, like the way we are. I kind of disagree with the Mitrovic point from earlier, though, because I don't think they are better with. Like he got suspended, they won three games, and I think that's the one danger we've got now. I think they've learned to play other ways when Mitrovic is not in the team. I think, I think, I think the stats are mental without Mitrovic in the team. Like they've won every game or something daft. But I, they have. I know but what I you mean, it's, it's a case of if they play to Mitrovic, you know, it's it's like us with Callum Patterson. Mm. If we play with Patterson, yeah. we play one sort of way. When yeah. they play with Mitrovic, their route is through there. That's you are right. If, he, if he's on the pitch, he's their focus, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And, and you can and obviously why top scorer in the league, absolute quality player, should be playing the Premier League, but he's too much of a head case. <laughs> he is too much of a head case. Uh, and, and speaking of head cases, um, you know, it's the Harry Arter, Bobby Reed derby. Um, Harry Arter obviously got sent off earlier in this year. He went off injured last night. Um, I don't really know okay. what the latest on that is, but it looked like um, it looked like no one was around him, so um, it could be a bad one. Um, and obviously, Bobby Reed. Um, Tom, do you think that when Bobby Reed left Cardiff for Fulham, he thought that he would meet us again in the playoffs when he was obviously looking for that for that ride back to the Premier League? I don't think he thought we'd be anywhere near it. I think he thought he'd done the right thing of just getting out of the club, and I think he thought we were in a bit of three four. And mm-hmm. 
I'd love us to get one over on him. I got nothing against him because I kind of understand why he did it because I don't think he got the game time that he thought he deserved no. in the Premier League. And I think all of us were crying out for it a little bit because he seemed Completely. to be that one creative spark that we had and he was underused. But he hasn't set the world alight for Fulham. He's got a good goal the other day against Sheffield Wednesday and he's still a danger. Um, mm-hmm. But I'd feel more comfortable with him playing against us and plenty of the other teams in their squad, to be honest um, with you. And Ben, what's your what's your honest opinions about Bobby Reid? Do you do you hold any grudges against him, or are you just um, you know, happy? <laughs> it's simple, really. <laughs> I mean, it's, I wonder what he would have been like under Harris, because obviously we when we play with Tomlin, Tomlin becomes the focal point. Like Reid could have been the focal point under Harris, right? Yeah, but he wouldn't have seen. I don't think he saw past Warnock leaving the club. I think he, it was either Warnock or him. Yeah, the way. But I also think he wanted to move to London. I think he just wanted to be. I think if Fulham had come in for him over Cardiff the season before, he'd have gone to Fulham. He'd have gone to Fulham over Cardiff. Yeah, I agree. Wanted to go. He just went about it a shitty, shitty way. He wanted to go hang out with his best friend Joe Bryan. He's Um, good as well, mind. He is good. He is good. Uh, I mean, they're all cocks at Fulham. I hate Fulham. Uh, I don't. I, I don't. It's one of those weird things, isn't it? I, I was speaking to the again the, the Fulhamish guy earlier, and it's we kind of got this rivalry with them now, haven't we? It's kind of this um, this manufactured rivalry of the last few seasons, and, and I, I quite kind of explained it in a way that I think when we went up in the first place, Fulham were very arrogant over the fact that they played this lovely football and they should have gone up ahead of us. And it, yeah. we've never forgotten that, have we? You're nodding along, Ben, so I can see that you're probably in agreement. It's, it was all. It wasn't even the Fulham fans. It was Sky Sports. Yeah, it was, yeah. As if like Fulham were the perfect team to go up and they deserved it more than Cardiff did that year. Mm-hmm. And that's always stuck in my core. I think it's because obviously the Sky Sports Studios aren't too far from the Fulham ground. No, eyes are worth. I think they quite enjoy the fact that they don't have to go too far for a day's work. I don't know, but they just seem to <laughs> love Fulham. I think they've got, they, they really do have a bias towards Fulham in their coverage over near enough any of, other than Leeds in the championship. It's, it's, I think what, what, what Fulham benefit from is that a lot of people moved to the, who, when, when Fulham were Premier League, and a lot of people who moved to London picked up Fulham as their second club because, frankly, you could get tickets quite easily for it. So um, I think it was just became a lot of people's second favourite club, which then feeds into that popularity. <clears throat> um, before we move on to the fan questions, let's have some honest predictions for our game, for the other game, and who will finally win the playoffs. I'll start with you, Tom. I'll give Ben some thinking time, but uh, I'll come to you, Tom, put you on the spot. Our two legs, the other two legs, and who's going to win in the final? Um, I can see us winning 2-0 in the first leg. Mm-hmm. I think we'll really get out of them. And I think Fulham will go 1-0 up in the second one. And we'll absolutely shit ourselves over the most nervy half hour of the season. Um, but I think we'll get through it, to be honest, 2-1. Possibly 3-1 if they throw everyone forward and they could go while they've got the keeper up. Um, I think Brentford will sneak through in the other one. I, I think it'd be quite tight, but I think Brentford will go through. And I, I, and I, I don't know why, because I'm never confident about stuff like this. But I, I got a feeling we'll beat them in the final. Oh, I've got that. I've just said that on record. Now as you well, you like, said that live on the podcast. Uh, so let's go over to you, Ben. You can't rescind that now, Ben. What do you think? It's tough, isn't it? Um, I fans. I think if the fans were in the stadium, I think I genuinely think we'd win the first leg comfortably. I think you saw. When it got a bit nasty with Arta at the start mm-hmm. of the season, that Fulham team crumbled. They did not like it. They did not like it up and at all. And I think it would be even more intimidating if it was that. But on a neutral ground, on sort of, well, it's a home ground, but with no fans, um, it's going to be tight. But 
one nil first leg, nil nil second leg. You, you, I snapped someone's arm for that. All right, and then the other game. <sighs> Head says Brentford. My heart says Brentford. I was about to say then. I was wondering where you're going with that. I don't know, but I just <laughs> my heart's know. really in Swansea. <laughs> there's that dark, there's that dark, dark part of my brain that's going. But imagine if it's them. Wouldn't it be funny? And it fucking wouldn't. No, no it wouldn't, wouldn't be funny. Likely, It'd be awful. No. It'd be the worst thing in the world, especially if you lose. My, but, yeah, my friend texted me last night going, Cardiff, Cardiff Swansea in the final. Can you imagine? I just went, no, thank you. I <laughs> didn't what, speak to him again. <laughs> what's more Cardiff? Cardiff winning a playoff final at Wembley at last with no fans there or Cardiff losing a playoff final to Swansea at Wembley? Oh, I just, I can't even entertain the latter. I genuinely can't even entertain it. It's my worst, it's generally my worst fear. Yeah, because someone said to me, like, oh, isn't that what you go to football for, you know, the big local rivalries and no. big games? Like, no, 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 no. I don't want to be anywhere near that, thank you very much. Yeah, no, I'm not, yeah, let's stop speaking about it if that's all right. Let's move on. <laughs> all right. All right, well, um, I mean, we've had your predictions. I think, I think it's going to be similar to when we beat Bristol in um, the 2003 playoffs. I think where we won 1-0 at home, a really cagey 0-0 at, at the cottage. Um, I, and I think in the other game, I think Brentford will sneak through. I've just looked this season. I think Brentford beat Swansea 3-0 and 3-1. Brentford um, are a really good side. I think, I think the, last good two, side. the last two results have sort of clouded a few people's minds on that. Yeah, yeah. they seven in a row before that, didn't they're they? Quality, I think. They're a really, yeah. If we lost in the final to them, there's no shame in that. They're a bloody good no, side. There isn't. Um, so yeah, I think I think I think we'll I think we'll potentially make the final, and I think if we play Brentford in the final, we'll, we might fall at the final hurdle. But then again, all bets are off when it comes to the final, especially this season. It's, um, it's interesting. Pitch Brentford are used to though. You've got to think. Exactly. Tiny pitch. That's how they play their style. So, so hopefully we can play into that. Sort of neutralizes it for us. And also, I, I, I agree with your point about the, the atmosphere. And I think we're really good at taking fans to Craven Cottage as well. And I think if we had played them at Craven Cottage, we'd have packed out that neutral end. There'd be five, six, seven thousand Cardiff fans there. And it would have been an absolutely brilliant atmosphere, which is why I'm a little bit annoyed that this year, the Fulham away games been cancelled in the league. And now we've got them in the playoffs and we can't go <laughs> yeah. to that either. It's it an absolute... Oh, it's class. I can yeah. Apart from there? last season. It's really yeah, you can walk there. I can walk there. <sighs> Thing. And after, last year we went to Passion Cavani afterwards. That lovely cheesesteak. Oh, was good. Anyway, moving on from the playoffs now. Obviously, we'll be back um, to discuss the first leg next Tuesday, um, Tuesday night. Um, come win or lose, we'll be here probably on the booze. Um, moving on to the fan questions. So we've got a few. Um, let's start with Adam James, who's asked a couple. Uh, Brentford or Swansea in the final? I think we, we've kind of answered that, right? I think we'd all want Brentford in the final. Which is Again, weird. You think we want yeah. the better side? <laughs> um, uh, Watkins or Brewster who would you prefer in this Cardiff side I think I, I'd go Watkins you guys they're both good um, Watkins, both? I, think, I think Watkins but yeah if you could have both I still have a four four two formation um, yeah I think Watkins consistently this season but I think Brewster long term if you could have Brewster at 23-24 then you've got a other player yeah I think Brewster does a lot with his like Back to goal as well. It's surprising for someone who's such a young young player. He's a real talent, but like Watkins has been consistent for a couple of seasons. So if it was just to bet into the team now, I'd go Watkins. Watkins it is. And um, obviously, I think there's been a few questions about this, kind of Neil Harris. Um, I got Harris wrong. He's done a great job. When do we give him the keys to the city? My answer is when he wins the playoffs. And I think you guys probably have a similar answer, Tom. Yeah, definitely. 
let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's been fantastic. He's, he's not had a full season yet either. But you know, I, I I was quite I was quite happy with his appointment at the beginning, and I think he's proved a lot of people wrong. Um, yeah. But let's not get ahead of ourselves yet. We haven't done it consistently. We, we've had the strangest season in terms of a massive break in the middle of it as well. Um, but yeah, if we carry on like this, if we if yeah if we do win the playoffs, then yeah, give him the keys. I'll take it myself. Ben, agree? Yeah, can't can't add any more to that spot on. Uh, friend of the podcast, Scott Salter, he also asked, what a turnaround for Neil Harris, eh? Hold my hands up, prove me wrong. Um, we, this was on the, 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 the Twitter account today. Uh, it might have been sparked by Scott Salter's uh, question. But um, we'll come to you first, Ben. How would you rate his tenure so far? And also, who will be the most important player in the playoffs for City? I guess let's go for a, a number out of 10 or a scale of all right to pretty good. I'll go 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10? And... Uh, I think the most important player is going to be Sean Morrison. Sean Morrison. Tom, over to you. Yeah, I think I'd agree with eight, uh, possibly pushing on an 8.5 if we're doing 0.5s in there. I think there's a couple yeah, of... Yeah, you want, mate. You can even do a quarter if you want. You could put uh, 8.25. No, I feel like doing the piss. Um, <laughs> no, I'll go 8.5. Um, I think like the, the stage of the season where we were, were getting too many draws and I think we could have been a little bit more adventurous in certain games, but to take over where we were in the league um, and to see where we are now. Nobody expected it. So it's not a perfect season, but it's not far off. But I'm also a uh-huh. player. I think, yeah, I think I'm, I was sent to Bass. I've got to have two perfect games, yeah. I think, for us to get through. Um, but Tomlin's going to be an attacking key, but he might not play both games. But So, I, yeah, I'd agree with um, Nelson or Morrison, our most important. All right, and I, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go eight out of ten as well for for Neil Harris. Um, I think he he's you know I I'll hold my hands up and I have been on this podcast already. I think I was you know I wasn't over the moon with his appointment, but I was willing to give him a chance. But around Christmas, I was ready to cut him loose. But he's completely confounded his critics and just done it in a really kind of quiet, studious way. He's just gone about his business and improved this the way this team plays and this club massively. Um, and who will be the most important player in the playoffs? Um, you know, I think against Fulham, there could be a good battle in the middle of the park. You guys both said defenders, so I'm going to go Joe Rawls. I think he's, you know, Rawls-Royce has been brilliant in the, in, the, in the lockdown period. I think he's a brilliant midfielder anyway and doesn't maybe get the, the, the adulation he deserves. But I think going into this kind of battle situation, two games, I think he could be key in, in terms of going forward and defending. Because, you know, we've seen his corners are lethal. We've seen his defensive play lethal. So I think, um, I think he could be great. Moving on to Ryan Chard's question, and this is about the playoff game as well. How important do you think taking a lead into the second leg is, given we've only won there once in recent years? He's even given us the record. 1-1, drawn three, lost four at Craven Cottage, and the win came with Jordan Mutch's winner in 2013. Um, I think, you know, we've kind of discussed this, haven't we? I think getting that lead in the first game is going to be all important, right, Ben? Yeah. Um, If you can get a win with a clean sheet at home, then we're well on our way. Um... A draw wouldn't be a disaster, but makes it a lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's the case. The home home leg will sort of tell us a lot more of how to feel come Thursday evening. And Tom, do you think we can win at Craven Cottage? Not, not a case of the importance of getting the lead in the first leg. Do you think even if we had to, we could get a win at Craven Cottage? I think it'd be a, a, a big uphill struggle if we went into that game um, after being defeated in the first game. I, th- I think it's paramount that we don't have to go and win the game there. I think, um, like you said, I don't think a draw would be a disaster because I think it, the onus is on them to come at us then. And I think that might play to our strengths. 
But I would not be confident going into it if we needed to overturn a deficit going into the second leg. And then one final question from Ashley Gifford. Um, and this was a kind of feature of, uh, of last night's kind of gloating, shall we say, over Nottingham Forest. Um, ben, can you get in touch with Uncle Albert and find out how he is feeling through all this? Obviously, Albert, Albert Doma. I'll slide um, his DMs. Slide his DMs. It's worked before, but um, I mean, how sweet is that, really? Obviously, Forrest took him back in, a, in an obvious bid to kind of frustrate us, and it's kind of backfired on them, hasn't it? Yeah, massively. Um, I think as much as those fans try and clear, and we did, like I said before, we'd have done the same. We'd have done I'd the same. Died if we didn't, yeah. but it is quite funny to see it come back and bite him on the ass. But I think Adoma's too nice for a guy. I think he'd generally be gutted for Forrest. Even if he is leaving mm-hmm. in the summer, I think he'd generally be gutted that his mates aren't going to the playoff final. Uh, but I'm not. Fuck him. <laughs> Tom? I think it's worked to our advantage in a weird way as well, isn't it? Because some of our wingers have got more game time now. You look at Murphy coming back in. You well, know, Mendes Lang's had a bit of a resurgence. Hoyt's yeah, exactly. Goals. And like, yeah, it does make it a little bit sweeter. Like that kind of petty side of it. I'd, I'd like to think I wouldn't get dragged into it, but I was chuckling to myself seeing all the tweets about <laughs> it. Like, oh, that, that, that's Rodoma, that. Like, just all yeah. that stuff. Oh, that, yeah. Like, that's what fucking Rodoma that is. That's what fucking Rodoma that is. But, yeah, it's... Yeah, it, it, it's funny. <laughs> I think I, I I think I drafted mine about five minutes before the end of the game. I was just waiting, waiting to press tweet <laughs> when the final whistle one. blew. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that going on. I think it's, um, bit, it's a bit forest on the arse in more ways, though, because I think it caused a switch that's sort of gone a bit unnoticed, and it sort of resulted in Bakuna going back into right back. Yeah. And yeah, sort of, fun. we've looked really good with him at right back the last two games. Um, Sam yeah. looked a bit out on his feet and sort of that penalty seemed to really have knocked his confidence and for him to go off the pitch and have Bakuna slotting at right back we've seemed to have sort of steadied ourselves and there's a good understanding there and I'm a lot more confident with him playing at right back now against Fulham than I probably would have been well, I think it's also it, you know Forrest have let themselves down right I think if you look at their form they're 15 oh, in more ways than one. post-lockdown yeah in more ways than one but they they won two games post-lockdown they drew four um, lost three. I think their their goal difference is minus two. So, you know, they they let it slip, didn't they? And ultimately, they took their eye off the ball, and they're they're paying for it now. Which and it was quite funny to see. Even if Swansea got in, it was quite funny to see how disappointed everyone was at Forest. Scabby, scabby Forest. Just the, like, the playoffs aren't the only thing they've sat out. Saying about the minor strike as well. Yeah, it was their parents <laughs> sat in the minor strike in the eighties, something like that, which is which is true. Quite enjoyed the uh, manager at the press conference afterwards. Just head bowed like a naughty school child. Just, I'm yeah, sorry. just fucking loved it. Like, what could he Harris say though? Dig. Like, it was Harris's dig as well. Just so good. Oh, well, just, that was good. Actually, he was champ. He was saying he was claiming to be championship manager at the. <laughs> now he's finished seven. Like, like, that's what I mean. Like, what? How can he can? How can he even defend that? It was theirs to lose. And at one point, I think post lockdown, they were looking at automatic promotion, and they've just. Well, Dawson claimed he was cheap. They, uh, they they sent a warning shot to West Brom in the Nottingham press, and he was saying in a press conference, "Watch out, West Brom were coming for you." <laughs> they sent a warning shot to Birmingham. Closer <laughs> <laughs> to them at the end. Right, that's it for fan questions. Tom, do you have a quiz?
I don't. I oh, don't put him on the spot like that. No, I, I, I thought we'd. Well, no. Let me get my creative, creative juices flowing again. And I'll come back with a quiz in the coming weeks. Right, boys. Uh, another podcast done. Playoffs are next, so I'll see you post Fulham in that first leg. Looking forward to it. Bloody buzzing. I'm on them. Looking forward to it. But see you soon. <laughs> see you soon, boys. <laughs> They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and